Major Garrett is CBS's Chief Washington Correspondent. His book is The Big Truth, the podcast. You've got to check this out. His Agent of Betrayal, The Double Life of Robert Hansen. It is fascinating. You can find it wherever you find your podcast. And if you don't find your podcast anywhere, you need to begin to. I am very impressed with Major Garrett in so many ways, John, but uh, it was also unexpected and very pleasant. I received the very coveted Major Garrett Christmas card (laughs) uh, during my week off. And it was amazing, Major. There was even, in, in my letter, there was even a back and forth from Fletch. I don't know if that was custom for me or if that was something you just put in everybody's letter. Everybody got that this year. Yes. Everybody got that this year. You know what I liked was the picture on the on my Christmas card, on all of our Christmas mm-hmm. cards from Everyone Major. Got the same picture, too, yes. Everyone Major, got the same this, picture. this is a great picture. My wife loved the picture because it's a picture where you cannot see your face, you and right. your beautiful bride. Uh, all pictures of me are better that way, by the way. <laughs> you explain the picture. Paint the picture of the picture. So my wife and I are having dinner, and across the table from us is my wife's mother, my mother-in-law, who loves to take pictures wherever she goes. She chronicles everything all the time, which is mostly fine, sometimes a little on the grading side, but we deal with it. (laughs) Uh, And she happened to catch this little stolen moment. I'm telling Laura a joke. She's laughing, uh, laughing quite enthusiastically, and it's it's just a captured moment, and we are very grateful to my mother-in-law for always having the camera ready, always having her iPhone out to chronicle everything, every moment of every hour of every day, it seems. Uh, <laughs> she caught this moment, and it made for a very good, nice nice picture for the Christmas card. This it's year. a great picture. It's totally a candid picture. Um, I want to ask you, before I ask you a couple of questions about what's happening nationally, what is the day like for you on a night that you're anchoring the CBS Evening News? What does your day look like? So we have two morning meetings uh, in which we are calling through last night's broadcast. I also anchored last night's broadcast on New Year's Day and planning uh, the rundown for this evening's broadcast. Then we uh, have everyone who's on the team. That's the first meeting. Then everyone who's on the team an hour later assigning all the pieces that we're going to have for the broadcast and basically making our early plan. That's 9 a.m., 10 a.m. And then we reconvene at 3 to see if anything has changed. And sure enough, today's news flow and the orientation of the show changed. Because in between 10 and 3 Eastern, a kind of a rather significant news event happened. The president of Harvard University announced her resignation. Uh, That's a reverberating story. That's an academic story. That's an anti-Semitism on American college campuses story. That's a Harvard as a revered American institution of higher education. It's a plagiarism story. It's a lot of things. So that changed the course of the news flow of the day. Clearly, we're keeping our eyes on the Middle East. There was a significant development in Beirut today, as maybe some of your listeners have already heard. An airstrike in Beirut uh, killed the leader of Hamas's military wing. Uh, Hamas has vowed revenge. This will have reverberations probably for days, if not weeks. That's a huge story. The Japan earthquake and everything that has flowed from that, including the very dramatic uh, escape of passengers on a Japanese Airlines passenger jet that collided with, on the runway, a uh, Japanese Coast Guard plane and everything that came out of that. So all day long, my day is monitoring all those stories, plus other things that could make it in the broadcast. And remember, it's 23 and a half minutes. Not everything makes it in the broadcast. And deciding what stays and what goes, I will tell you, is an excruciating process, and it's never easy. 
I want to ask you about something specific, kind of specific. I'm so intrigued by mm-hmm. this. So I'm friends with Ben Tracy, your your colleague mm-hmm. there. Yeah. We worked in Green Bay, Great Wisconsin guy. together, actually. And my question is, he's got a piece all set to go. It's even been promoted, and this is just a hypothetical, mm-hmm. not an actual. Mm-hmm. And and mm-hmm. the plane crash happens, uh, the, the Harvard thing happens, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you got to bump stuff. Is yeah. it a collaborative effort to decide what gets bumped and who lets Ben Tracy know? So, so it is a collaborative effort, but it's done at the highest echelons of the evening news. That's all the senior producers, the executive producer. And in, in the case of the person who is the managing editor for the CBS Evening News, which is not Major Garrett, that's Nora O'Donnell. I am merely a substitute. I want to underscore that. All caps, I am merely a substitute. But when I am substituting, the judgment calls are referred to me. I don't have final authority, but they want to know what I think. So in a case like that, if we did have to drop a story, and there have been plenty of times when I've substitute anchored and we had to drop a story because other breaking news intervene, it's the senior producers who convey that. And it goes down the chain to the producer who helped Ben Tracy, in this case, do the piece, and then Ben finds out. And look, anyone who is experienced in this business knows that if yours isn't a breaking news story, it can always be cut. It can always be slotted for another day. It's never fun. It's never enjoyable, especially if it's been promoted. But that's the way the news business works sometimes. So, Major, you've probably had this happen to you. Now, you covered the White House. You covered news of the day. But you occasionally must have had something that got chopped because of breaking news. Take me to the other side. What's that like when that happens? It's never fun. Uh, I've been on this. This most often happened on foreign trips with the president of the United States, meaning the president's overseas. And whenever you're covering the president, you want the president in the broadcast. And sometimes the decision makers of the evening news broadcast will agree, and sometimes they won't. And you're always fighting to say, hey, we're over in this time zone. We're doing this thing. Yes, I know it looked like just a a summit or just a meeting, but these four or five other things happen, and it's really important. And you work all day, and you go to a bunch of briefings, and maybe there's a press conference, and you're pushing and pushing and pushing. And then you find out, whoop, right in the last hour, Noah got dropped out for something else that's closer to home. And look, uh, the evening news broadcast is a home-based broadcast. So the closer it is to home, meaning America, the better chance it has, even when it involves the president of the United States. So there have been a couple of times when I've gotten on planes to make the next trip, meeting the next stop in a maybe a five- or six-country stop for the American presidency, and I get on the plane thinking our piece is going to run that night. I've landed, and I find out, no, it got dropped. I'm like, what? What do you mean my piece got dropped? <laughs> Look, you know, uh, it's never, it's never, you never, you never want to be in that position because you feel like it's you that has been dropped, not the news. And then you learn, if you're a competent professional, and I really mean that, you have to learn it's not personal. And if you take it personally, you're going to grind yourself into dust. You can't take it personally. The wheel always turns. There's always another story. There's always another day. And for people who are turning and burning through the news process, you learn that pretty quickly and you move on. Major story this year, of course, Donald Trump and his run toward the White House and perhaps the Republican nomination. I, we've, we've hit the calendar now of January. This is a very mm-hmm. interesting time here, Major. How in the way will Trump's legal obligations be with his campaign trail with the Iowa caucus just a couple of weeks away? So I'm going to get to Iowa next Friday. Uh, I'm going to anchor three hours on our streaming network, CBS Streaming uh, Caucus Night. So I'll be in Iowa for the three or four days ahead of that, and I'm getting ready for that. I've been calling a lot of people in Iowa. Trump's got a huge lead there. They expect him to win in a blowout fashion. 
And if Trump wins Iowa, New Hampshire, and South Carolina, he will have effectively, though not numerically, but effectively wrapped up the Republican nomination before he even has to appear in court, which is exactly what his campaign wants to do, if that's what happens. Now, politics, uh, as I remind everyone, is full of surprises, and things that look certain are sometimes toppled at the last minute. But right now, things look very, very solid for the former president. And his ability to leverage what, under any other circumstance, and with any other candidate, would be a net drag, 91 criminal indictments. Trump has somehow, through the unique alchemy he brings to American politics, turned lead into gold and made himself the not only frontrunner for the Republican nomination, but the odds-on, way-ahead frontrunner. And like I said, if he wins those first early contests and wins them decisively, yes, he will still have other contests to go. But no one I've talked to in Republican Party politics believes after winning Iowa, New Hampshire and South Carolina, if Trump does, he's suddenly going to fall on his face on Super Tuesday. No one thinks that. Why? Because the psychology of winning manifests itself. People want to vote for the winner. And if they see Trump winning, they're going to say, well, he's a winner. I'm going to vote for him. I'm going to go for it. So under any other circumstance with anyone else in American politics, this array of legal challenges would be a complete stop or blockage or impediment or at least a barrier for Trump. It has proved to be, if not the opposite, something very close to it. Major Garrett is CBS's chief Washington correspondent. Check him out tonight, the CBS Evening News, 530 our time. Major, thank you so much for being with us. Thanks, guys. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. You too.